Welcome to the Entrepreneur's MBA, bringing you lessons from real-life entrepreneurs they don't teach in business school. Here's your host, business coach and marketing strategist, Adam Kipnis. Napoleon Hill first introduced us to the concept of masterminds in um, Think and Grow Rich and in Lesson 2 in his 13 Lessons of Success. And in, in his books, Napoleon Hill says that when you bring two minds together, you create a third mind. And that third mind is where the greatness come from, comes from. And so being involved in a mastermind with other business owners, not to give you advice necessarily, but to ask you the right questions to help you think in a different way about your business is super powerful for every business owner. I'm a member of a couple of masterminds myself. And I really encourage everyone to take a, a good listen to what we're going to talk about today. My guest is an expert in setting up and running masterminds, can help people set up their own, um, can put them in contact with the right people if they need to join one. Um, and he's all the way from Melbourne, Australia. So it's super cool. We get to go international on the show. I am Adam Kipnis, host of the Entrepreneur's MBA podcast, brought to you in part by powertexting.com and heard on C-Suite Radio, powertexting.com is a great platform and wonderful friend of the show. And they give away a hotel stay at a four or five star resort to one listener of every podcast that we do. And um, they're all over the world. And for those of you listening in Australia, I think there's one in Bali and one in Phuket. So there are some in your part of the world. You don't have to come to the States if you are our winner. Um, as you know, my focus is helping businesses grow primarily through getting more clients without spending money on marketing or advertising, and then taking that money and investing it in the business. To learn how to get more customers, I recommend downloading my book at freebookfromadam.com. It is totally free. It is step-by-step. -step. It costs no money out of your pocket and drives you more customers. Um, I think you'll really enjoy it. Um, so definitely go check that out. And definitely hold on to hear more about uh, the hotel stay because that's super fun. But let's dig into today's topic of masterminds. Um, my guest helps self-employed professionals who want to leverage their expertise and helps identify and package the most valuable part of their knowledge to create an entirely new income stream. He loves seeing the benefit of what masterminds can do for the participants and the instructors and has brought hundreds of business owners just more success and expertise. He's also... Um, a former casino manager that led to a business that led to multiple businesses and multiple events um, across Australia. Uh, Ronan Leonard, thanks for joining us today. Can't wait to dig into what you do and how you help business owners through masterminds. Adam, thanks for having me on the show. And obviously watching your, just the picture of you and seeing Napoleon Hill's book right there and you on the typewriter, we've got this symbiotic relationship already. So I think we're on the same wavelength. Yes, I, I love it. And, and some of you listening have seen the picture. It's, um, I had the opportunity to have that picture taken in front of the typewriter that Napoleon Hill typed, Think and Grow Rich, totally random that Ronan and I came together. And that happened to be the picture that is on Zoom. Um, so the minds must be bringing us together. So I'm excited. Ronan, tell us a little bit. I mean, you were um, working on cruise ships, eventually uh, managing the casino on cruise ships, but that led you to start your own business. Why did you make that leap and that choice? Well, I didn't start off as an entrepreneur. What I found out throughout my life is that I looked at certain jobs I was in and I, I said, can I see myself doing this in one, three years 
time. Is this me? And if the answer was no, I pretty much quit almost straight away. So I did that several times. I was, uh, I went off to, to India for five months when I was working on a ship that I wasn't enjoying. And my friend sent me a postcard say, Hey, we're going to rent this house in India for five months. Come along. Uh, I quit several other jobs where I just looked and said, this, just, this is not for me. So I didn't know what I wanted to do. I just knew what I didn't, which was at least a start. I didn't get stuck for five, 10 years working somewhere that I absolutely hated. So that and was you, my and first. And you didn't stuck on the couch doing nothing. <laughs> a happy medium. Yeah, I just, I, I just, I knew I had a hunger for, there was more to life than, than, than several of these jobs and, and several of the places I lived in. And I didn't know what it was. So that led me to, to, to traveling abroad to, to get my first job on the cruise ship. Uh, if you read my bio a little bit further down, the first ship I worked on sunk off the wild coast of South Africa while I was on there in this huge storm. But it didn't put me off. As you said, I continued to work for another nine years on ships, trained up to be casino manager. And then eventually, when again, when I came to Australia, met my wife on, on cruise ships, came to Australia, and I went back into the corporate world. I said the same thing. Look, I've traveled the world for a decade. This isn't me sitting in an office. So I started my, put my life savings into my very first business, which was an events business based around what I knew, which was the, the entertainment side of casinos and turned that from one event a year to 300 and just sort of took off from there. But lots of ups and downs, lots of tough lessons because I had no business plan. I had no idea what I was doing. I just knew that I wanted to do something. And as I said, sunk my life savings into it. So it was a very roller coaster ride throughout the whole uh, journey just to even get where I am today. Wow. So to tell us about that first event because planning any event, whether it's yours or somebody else's, is a huge undertaking. How did you... Um, how did you decide to do it? I guess, how did you make that choice personally? And what initial lessons did you learn from getting plunked on the head or from things that went well from that very first one? I, I distinctly remember, well, the reason I said it, I was I said, I, I wanted to use the skill set that I currently had, which was the aspect of when I went on cruise ships, I, I, I dealt for tips and I entertained people and it was far more than just gambling. These people were on holidays, so they were there to have fun. And I just took all that fun aspects of that and turned that into a, to a business model. How do we play for no money and I make it entertaining as possible? But like anything, I distinctly remember sitting in my garden at two in the morning, having finished this event and, and loaded these full-size tables into these lifts, into this venue, setting it all up. And I sat there and thought, wow, I did this and I rocked it. But I didn't know I could do it at the time. It's, it's, that, it's that gap between what you think you can do and what's possible and, and the fear that gets in the way of that. You know, can I start my own podcast? Can I start my own business? Can I do whatever it is? And the actual doing, and, and there's often that gap between there. And one of the things that I've since learned is a huge takeaway for me is that knowing often, learning doesn't happen until you actually do something. So you can say you know it, but if you haven't actually tried it and then say, well, it's not for me or it didn't work, you don't really know something. And, and I, as I said, I distinctly remember sitting there at two in the morning going, yeah, I did that. I can do this. And giving myself that permission and an acceptance of, of, yes, I can actually do it. That's such an important point in, in um, giving yourself the, the uh, okay to move forward. So when you were sitting in that garden, was that where the actual business was born? Or did, did it take several more events before you decided this is, this is a company I'm building? That was the first light bulb moment that, 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 I, that I was on to something. As I said, the rest prior to that was just all, all ideas. So it's, it's all very well to think you've got a skill set and you can do something. And that was that, that key pivot, uh, pivotal moment. But to be honest, I, my first year in business, I, I only got one client and I was close to giving up. I, I tried everything. I'd, I'd done a small business course. 
I, I followed all the marketing rules, tried all this paid advertising, nothing worked until somebody finally showed me how to do SEO at that time. And this is 15, 16 years ago. Uh, and for me, that was the missing thing that I didn't have. And I learned from somebody else. And then once I tweaked my website, put keywords on there, which I had no idea about, I hadn't any, I started getting inquiries and it just sort of took off. So sometimes it's, it's, it really is what you don't know and you've got to keep searching and looking for the missing piece of, of what you don't know. And, and where did you find that knowledge? Was that looking at searching the internet for other companies in the same space, maybe in the States or, or other places, or was it somebody in your home area that, that gave you some business advice? Where did that, that um, you know, business kickstart knowledge come from? That came from me networking and, and getting myself out there. And I was, I was speaking to event managers because I, I've always tried to look for leverage rather than you trying to gain one customer, one customer. How do you find someone that potentially has access to your ideal customers and can you build a relationship with them? So she came along to see at the one event I'd had, <laughs> she came along to see me and said, oh, by the way, this is my husband. He does um, SEO and, and he asked me a couple of questions and I said, I have no idea how, many, how much traffic at my website. And he said, come and let me show you just a little bit about SEO. So it was, it was through pushing myself out there to network and meet people and that random happy coincidence, I finally met someone that, that gave me that missing tool. I love it. And that's really a twofer because you've got an event manager who hopefully um, could introduce you or at least give you advice on an, other event managers and you got SEO two for the price of one. <laughs> yeah. I like the two for word. It's good, isn't it? <laughs> so that's so, that's super cool. So, so you started to get inquiries and you started to, to get more events. Now you were the talent you said when you, when you did your first event doing 300 events, either you're Superman or you had to bring other people to be the talent with you. How did that come about and how did you allow yourself to, to relinquish control in bringing others in so you could scale up and do that many events? Yeah, it's a good question. That is the next evolution that you, if you want to go from the one-to-one to one-to-many -to -one to -one -to at some stage, you need to build systems and, and let go. And I think for the first probably two years, I, I ran pretty much every single event we had, which meant a lot of evenings and weekends, uh, especially around the Christmas period. And then I realized that the only way to scale was to put better systems in place, train people up, have a process and you still end up letting go because um, without being an ego thing, uh, the, the people that I had working for me didn't have uh, the, the same level of, of interaction with the, the guests that I had with the skill set of the, the card tricks and the chip tricks and the, all the, the amazing sayings that I had built up for nine years. But you have to at least let that go. Otherwise, you, you just become a slave to your business and you're unable to scale. And once you do that, it kind of liberates you a bit. Say, okay, I'll make this product the best it can be and I'll put as, as many systems in place and we'll follow a guideline and, and I'm okay with it, with the actual dealer not being quite as flamboyant as me or of having some of those additional sort of skill sets. Really interesting that you say that because I had a guest the other day on, on another episode who was talking about scaling a business and that's what he's been able to do. And one of the things that he said, which made a lot of sense, but is made me cringe at the same time is you have to be okay that it's not as good as you want it to be when you have other people. It doesn't mean it won't be, but it means initially it probably isn't as good uh, because it's not you. How did, how did you get over that part of the business that it's okay that it's not the great Ronin doing it, but it is good enough for the clientele and it'll only get better. 
It's a question of working out what your biggest priority is. So if your biggest priority is to, is to be that, that, that person, then it, it's, it's going to be really hard to scale. So I think ego is, is, is that thing of letting go of it and saying that that's okay. I, I don't think it's, for me, it wasn't one light bulb moment. It was a combination of a couple of things. Like I, I can't continue to, to do this um, 60, 70 hours a week, some weeks around, around the peak period of, of, of corporate Christmas parties. So it's a realization of, of that and saying, I'm, I'm okay with that. Um, and, and I think you can still find, you want to you work more, more on your genius and your flow as possible. And that means letting go of some of the other things, even if they're potentially what you're really good at. But your job as a business owner at some point is not to be the best technician in the, in the company, but to be the best possible business owner which means systems, which means learning how to get your marketing to work, all the other things that you might not like. That's the definition of a business owner, not being the best technician within a business because the best plumber in the world um, won't necessarily be the best business owner. And then he's stuck there 20 years later doing, doing this amazing plumbing work, but having a business that relies entirely on him. So that's the, that's the shift. No, that's huge. We're talking with Ronan Leonard on the Entrepreneur's MBA podcast. Uh, as I said, poppowertexting.com gives a free hotel stay to one listener of every show. If you want to win that trip at a four or five star resort, go to podcasttrip.com, uh, enter your name and email, and um, I will be picking a winner from this particular episode. So super excited about that. So Ronan, now um, you are taking that same thing we were just talking about, that ability to sort of let go of your ego, let go of yourself and using it in a very different way in the mastermind concept, because in a mastermind, you have to let go of your ego. You have to give in and be vulnerable to the other people so they can help you and, and walk you through changes that you can make in the business. Tell us about how that works in the masterminds. We'll get to the mechanics in a second, but that letting go in a mastermind is critical. Yeah, we've definitely moved from this knowledge economy to the not knowing economy because the proliferation of information out there now is just overwhelming and the complexity of it as well. We're talking everything from funnels to, 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 to SEO, to, to Facebook advertising, all those myriad of things you as a business owner kind of have to be across and it's okay not to know. So the, the second you go, all right, I understand that I don't know everything. There's going to be other people out there that have, have walked. Um, I want to walk in the shoes they've already walked in and they might be one or two steps ahead of me. Let me ask them that question. Let me find out um, what I don't know what I'm missing and shape my ideas so that I might have a good idea, but let me test that with other people and, and maybe turn it into a better one, which is the, the true mastermind philosophy of the one plus one equals three. And that's super mind. When you come together, you don't come up with just a, you come up with a better outcome than you went into in that group. And, and that's where it all starts. Uh, and it's having the, the ability also to genuinely want to help the other people around you. So you go in with a serving mentality into a mastermind, not, who can I, who from here can I pick all their information and draw it all out? You have to go in there helping others first off. And as you do, people open up, become vulnerable. They really give you the what's under the hood. You know, the famous saying is, I think it's, it might be even from Warren Buffett is that um, nobody knows who's swimming naked until the tide goes out. And it's that ability to get away from social media where you've got to tell, tell everyone you're winning and, and, and life's brilliant to say, actually, I'm struggling with this aspect of, of my business or my personal life or my productivity. 
because when you're a small business owner, your business and you are in a symbiotic relationship. So if you're struggling emotionally, that ties through to your business, growth mindset, fixed mindset. So that's the, the key components of, of how you come into a mastermind with the right attitude and the right way to learn. No, I, that's so true. And, and this is definitely the right audience for what we're talking about today because they're obviously here because they, are, they do want to learn a, a different way. They want to learn from what other people have done and the lessons that, that other people can give. Um, and people share my podcast and I've heard from a lot of others that someone told them about it. And, and so we've got a sharing and we've got an inquisitive community. Um, so I think they're really going to love the, as, as we dig in a little bit more here. So what was your first mastermind experience? What led you to this path? My first mastermind was part of a paid course about five years ago about how to build um, a SaaS product, software as a service. And the content was good, but to me, the mastermind was my very first light bulb moment. It's like, wow, um, there are people out here that, that you can connect with, and technology has helped with that. You can connect with that they, you can support them, they can support you. Uh, and the second I was in one, I, I kind of thought, this is me. Uh, and I don't call it a passion. I call masterminds an obsession of mine. It's gone way beyond a passion. It's, it's just something like, why aren't more people doing it? Why aren't you even just connecting with, um, it could be a supplier, it could be even a customer and you come together and you help each other and you improve your ideas. And so a mastermind could be as very small as just two people. Uh, but that's how I got the, the, the bug of, of masterminds. That's great. And, and I love that you said that mastermind can be as small as two people because one plus one does equal three. And having that person to be your thought partner is critical. Uh, and obviously, if you can get five, six, seven, eight, um, and um, it, it becomes even more powerful. And, uh, but one of the challenges that I found in masterminds is many people love the idea. They know that it will help them, but they have this underlying I'm a mess myself. I can't give anybody else advice. I can't help anybody else. I've got these problems of my own. How do people overcome that? That's a great question, actually. I actually think the, the opposite. I think we're really good at giving advice, but we're not particularly good at uh, seeing our, our own flaws and our own weaknesses. So we can sit there and go, yeah, you should do this, you should do that. And people go, that's amazing. How do you think of that? So, well, it just comes naturally. And then someone turns around and says, well, why aren't you doing so-and-so? Why aren't you doing that? And you're going, Oh yeah, why aren't I? So, <laughs> so I think we're great at seeing other people's problems and, and not ourselves. So I kind of think going into a mastermind that you have all this experience, you've got life experience, you've got all the mistakes you've made, you've got all your own aha moments and they're often different to other people. So you can always contribute to a group. Uh, even if you're a fairly new entrepreneur, you've got life experiences, uh, personal challenges, maybe uh, you're good at sport uh, or even academic. And, and you've had moments in your life where you, you've sat down, you've done the hard yards, you've, you've faced some certain challenges and knocks and come through the other side and you've grown from that and you've learned from that. Uh, and so, and you've read other books other people have and you've just had different teachings and you can always give even a newbie perspective to something that people want to try and overcomplicate. Uh, so you can always add value to a group. That's so great. So tell us a little bit about the, the mastermind that, that you set up, right? So people in their own communities can come together and they can find people, but sometimes that's a job in and of itself and, and you make it really easy. Tell us how you bring these groups together. Well, I've built a platform to get people into to the, to a mastermind that, that I run with me. And, and as we scale that, there'll be other groups within there. 
So you can always sort of join a mastermind. And, and we spoke to this before. Uh, if, you're a, if you consider yourself a thought leader and, and you want to learn more, um, I can put you into a free mastermind for four weeks. I call it the, the show, not tell. So I can tell you how great it is, but until you experience it, you might not know if it's the right fit for you. So having that ability to come in and do the first four sessions and going, great, I'm really learning, I'm growing, I'm, I'm, I'm contributing and all of those things that, that, that are a great mastermind, uh, people can quickly sort of access and find that it's a right fit for them because it's not the right for, for everybody. And as you said before, some people just don't even know if they've got that, that, that experience. It's a way for them to sort of try before they buy. That's a great offer and a great opportunity. So when people come in for, for the four weeks, um, give us a, the, the you know, one minute um, preview version of what, what does that look like? What, what, how does that feel for them? Well, the first thing we teach for in pretty much is a foundation for all our masterminds is if you've ever heard of Ken Wilber's um, Four Quadrants, the integral learning. I've not. Have you heard of that? No, I've not. Okay. So it's, it's a way to break up everything that happens in your life has four different aspects to it. So there's your internal self, your external self, and then there's the, the it's and the we. So what does it, what's the culture around the business you're in? What's the environment? And also what's the regulation? And when you're looking to grow or you're looking to, to, to do anything sort of business related, all four of those uh, are in, interdependent and interchangeable and they will shape your, your, your current uh, results and your future ones. So if you've grown up as a childhood where money was considered quite tight and you've got this um, aversion to, to risk and spending money, that will affect a lot of how you do business and how you make your decisions. So it's a really good way of understanding the whole, not just a map, but the terrain. So a map is 2D, a terrain is 3D. Okay, how, do, how are these things in my life affected how I've got the results I have today? And you can start to see patterns and you can start to pick out potentially where you can have the biggest impact, the biggest change. So that's the first couple of weeks is really diving into that. And then from there, we just increase the, the, the learning and we try to make it as, as customizable as possible. So when I'm running one for the thought leaders, it's trying to then to, to unpick their, their expertise and to try and I call it a, a better ROI, a better return on intellect, and for them to find out what's the best part of their expertise and how they can then package that up and sell it to other people. Because I believe it's not what you know that makes you valuable, it's actually what you teach. And, and the second you teach, you become an authority. So that's the, the genius of, of packaging up what you know and then teaching other people that, that shortcut. And that, that's really interesting. So tell us more about that because obviously people love additional income streams, especially when it's based upon something they're already doing. So they're not trying to, um, and not to say bad things about network marketing or MLMs, but it's not trying to sell <laughs> you're a dentist. It's, it's utilizing what you already know and have in a way to drive additional income streams. So how do you do that? Yeah, well, I, I look at people that have 10, sometimes 15 years experience, sometimes even less, you, you see some fast growth companies. And then what they do is they get stuck in one delivery mode. So SEO people tend to just look for more clients, in SEO accountants go, how can I find five, 10 more clients? But often what the most value they have is, is, is in sometimes the process of how they do sometimes, sometimes it's the marketing Sometimes it's just packaging up a shortcut to say, okay, look, it took me 10 years to get where I, where I am today. You're new coming into the industry. I can give you this shortcut so you can fast forward your learning. Uh, at the same time, the, the owner improves their knowledge because they get asked all kinds of strange questions and they teach to the problem. So it's, 
sometimes what happens with a course, so I, I call a mastermind almost before a course, you're proving your expertise is valuable to somebody. And as I said, packaging that up before you dump all your information into a course, because a lot of courses, what most people do is they just dump all their IP only to find out it's not what the market wants. So you, you're flexible enough in a mastermind to say, um, what does the student want to learn, not what you want to teach? So it's a subtle difference. It's a bit like starting a new business where you've got this great idea and you launch it without actually testing your, M, uh, your MVP and, 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 and canvassing people will actually pay for that. So that's the, the concept of how you go from, from the one-to-one to the one-to-many. It's just testing the idea, finding out what the people coming into your industry potentially really want to learn from you and then packaging that up and, and teaching it to them. So rather than creating a mastermind of a doctor, a lawyer, a hardware store owner, a florist, all giving general business mastermind advice to each other, it's being the leader of a mastermind of your peers and new people coming into your industry and you learn, they learn within that mastermind, but it creates a revenue stream for the, for the, the person who's, who built it and who is mod, uh, running it, correct? Absolutely. So it, it requires a growth mindset. So a fixed mindset, for example, let's use accountants as another. A fixed mindset says, oh, more and more people coming into the industry, it just gets harder and harder for me to compete. And, and I, therefore, I've got to drop my prices because most people come into a market, what's the first thing they do? They charge less, right? Right. <laughs> so they often do, often do a worse job at a cheaper price uh, just to get uh, some runs on the board. But, so, but a growth mindset says all these people are coming in anyway. Um, there's two choices. They can fumble along and they can and, and do that. They're coming in anyway. Or I can make money from them and, and teach them my skill set, my expertise, my experience. And at the same time, it instantly positions you as an authority in that, in that niche or that industry because you're teaching people. Uh, so you automatically come up there and you gain that additional revenue. And the beauty of it is, is that you haven't got to learn new information. You already have it. It's, it's, if anything, it's just paring down uh, what these people coming in, do they want to know? They want to know systems. They want to know marketing. Do they want to know uh, what's the best software? It's a combination of things. You just ask them and you build, you build the process around what, they, what they're struggling with the most. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, so coming to, you mentioned marketing. So th- let's talk a little bit about, about how you're marketing. And, um, and obviously you don't have to give away all your secret sauce in the mastermind world, but obviously people listening to the show probably need more clients. They're, they're listening for the lessons of business and how to grow themselves. So what has worked well for you in growing your own community and bringing people into uh, your mastermind world as clients? I, I use something that I call the big promise. And what's, as we get more and more distracted with more and more noise and information out there, what we're really looking for is, is an outcome, not a process. So I call it the big promise. If you can wrap up what you do in the end outcome, people instantly get it and buy it. And, and what people fail to realize is that a lot of the fast food companies from the 70s, when fast food wasn't as ubiquitous, that's what they did. So a great example is Domino's Pizza. Is it the best pizza in the world? No, to me, it tastes like cardboard. But at a time when people didn't um, often order or, or have fast food, their, um, their value proposition and their promise was uh, pizza delivered in 30 minutes or it's free. So instantly people understand exactly what they're getting. They're getting reasonably hot pizza because pizza, it's come in under 30 minutes and, and free was the, the nice sort of hook. So they massively grew their business like that. McDonald's did something similar as well. So when you look at that, that's a promise. 
instead of saying, oh, we're number one at this, we're experts at that, we do blah, 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 blah. Um, people don't care about that. They just, they just want to know what they're going to get and the end results. So if you can find a way to wrap up your outcomes in that big promise. So for me, at the end of uh, six sessions, you'll know exactly how to run a mastermind, your own high paying mastermind group. That's what they want. They don't really want to know during the six weeks, we'll learn this and that and you'll cover off this, blah, 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 blah. They don't really care. Right? Let's skip to the end. What am I going to get at the end? And, and I think when you can wrap up your services in that promise, you stand out a lot more because people instantly understand what they get. And if it's the pain point that they're looking for, then they'll work out the semantics and the, the delivery and the process and all your expertise. But to get them interested, you want to look at that big promise at the start. That's awesome. Appreciate that. And it's uh, just so true in, it's so easy to, to think about what we can give, not what the other person will receive and the result that they have. So we need to think in their mind. And it's one of the things that, that I dig deep on with my clients is, you know, what is the conversation going on in the head of your buyer? Not what are you trying to tell your buyer? And you, you said it perfectly. Um, so before we wrap up, I, I want to know, like, so people now, they know and they have the concept of the mastermind and, and they've learned a little bit about doing a mastermind within their own industry to help support the industry and, and support an income stream from they set from themselves and they can learn that from you. What, but what do they do first when they get listening to this and they're like, all right, I want to know more. What, they should go to your website, but what, they, what should they do next? What's the first thing they should do? Uh, first thing to, to really ask yourself is, is what I know teachable and, and you know, what do people want to pick my brains about? So for, for, for those industry leaders, people that have established their business and, and think that a mastermind might be a good fit for you, they're the two questions to ask yourself. Is what I do teachable and is are people sort of picking want to pick my brains? And, and that's, your, that's your germ of an idea for say, okay, this small section of what I know uh, could be incredibly valuable for people coming into the industry for that shortcut. Uh, and then it's a question of just asking a few other people. Um, it's simply going back to the market, whether you've been in your niche for five days or 15 years, it's always evolving. It's always changing at a, at a faster pace than, than we would have imagined 10, 15 years ago in business. So it's not making assumptions and going, okay, let me ask a few people, uh, are, you, are you struggling with this pain point? Yes. Um, four or five people. Absolutely. I'm onto something here. It's, it's a, it's a general trend. If you ask six people and they give you six different, different reasons, then you've got to go back to the drawing board and find something that's a more common commonality because it's not scalable. That's more a one-to-one -one coaching. If six people have six different problems, but very quickly you will find every industry, there is a gap between what they want and, and, and where they are. And, and therefore you can always fill that gap with your expertise and your knowledge that you already have. Love it. And so I do have to ask you about this. You're 23 years old. You were working on a cruise ship. The cruise ship sinks and you helped rescue pas passengers and fellow staff from that ship. There's a YouTube video on it that'll be in the show notes. But tell us about that experience and you know what that has taught you that you've been able to use later in life. So Adam, for, for years afterwards, all I used it was for was just to sell, tell amusing uh, anecdotes at parties because at the time, so many funny things happened that's what I remember. So I have this, I'm not particularly demonstrative and I'm not particularly emotional. So maybe that, that kind of helped me just to say, ah, oh, it is what it is. Uh, but the key value and, and lesson I took from there, which I ignored for a long, long time, was that um, I genuinely enjoy helping people because 
otherwise, you know, I was one of the lowest paid people on the ship, as I said, all the officers and, and, and staff and crew had left. And, and I just jumped in without even thinking about it. You know, should I be helping these people? I just did. So my key takeaway from there was that sometimes your, your superpower or what you're meant to do, what you're good at, sometimes you find it and sometimes you have to go looking for it and, and sometimes it finds you. Love it. Love the conversation. Uh, thanks for being here. Thanks for telling us about the power of masterminds. Made, made me think about it in a different way than I've always been taught. Um, so I always love to learn that. Uh, learn new things as well. Thanks for what you're doing and thanks for being on the show and, and ta talking to the listeners about how they can start their own masterminds and how they can be successful in them. Oh, awesome, Adam. Thanks for having me on the show. Really, really enjoyed our conversation. You're very welcome. And thanks everyone for listening to today's episode of the Entrepreneur's MBA. Um, and connect with me on Instagram and at Adam Kipnis, um, or you can find me on LinkedIn or Facebook as well. Thanks everyone and look forward to the next episode. You've been listening to The Entrepreneur's MBA. Download Adam's free book, How to Make More Money in Your Business, at www.freebookfromadam.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.